Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I am Sam Nifty Delaney. So, what? Well, come along to the Monday episode or if you're here first you get it on a Sunday evening if that's when we do it I want to begin with an email Sam that oh. came from someone called Mark Benson the other day mm. and he says just a suggestion from him he says I know you're always after diveable content do yeah. either of you remember the short-lived American sitcom from the early 80s called Mr. Smith <laughs> it was segued somewhere between St. Greasy and the wrestling do you remember it at all? No early uh, 80s no yeah I also do not remember it, but here's a description of it that he's taken, I guess, from Wikipedia. And it is an orangutan that drank a portion at a top-secret government laboratory and developed heightened intelligence and the ability to talk. Don't tell me Glenn A. Larson was behind this. I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> but also from Wikipedia, the orangutan who played Mr. Smith previously been featured in the 1978 film Every Which Way But Loose. I knew it's it would be Clyde. Sequel, Any Which Way You Can. It is. It's yes. Clyde. Our old friend Clyde, one of the Clyde. greatest actors of his generation. <laughs> Clyde had a sitcom. I had no idea about this. I must have done. This must have just slipped from my memory. But he sent us a link to one episode that's on YouTube. In this episode, he says, Mr. Smith helps perform brain surgery. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. We let's uh, let, let's deep dive. I, I what I would suggest in a situation like this is let's deep dive one episode, probably the first episode if we can get one, it. Isn't it. Yeah, the brain <laughs> surgery one. That's the classic, and then decide subsequently if it's got more legs. But yeah, we'll look at you, it independently. You would th- think that it probably will. <laughs> I, I think we need to give uh, at least one episode to that. Yeah, an I mean, orangutan just... doing brain surgery. Just before we we started recording this, you've been you were slightly delayed, so I, yeah. I spent the time skimming through the episode, and right. it is very high quality. Right, good. I mean, there's there's ethical questions because this we've, we've touched on this before. This thing about getting animals to perform, yeah, um, is it is it you know is it ethical? I mean, what was the what was the thing they used to use the PG tips the peanut tips butter? To get the talk? They put peanut, peanut butter. butter sort of yeah. on on the roof of the mouth of the of the chimps, That's right. and that would yeah. make them move their mouth, which is how you'd then be able to sort yeah. of put the mu- the, the, the the human talking. I'm not sure if we we decided whether that was valid or not, but at the end of the day, they're getting peanut butter. So how bad is it? Well, yeah, but I think yeah, it's a minefield. We better we better not. I would say probably best no. Don't don't get animals to perform anymore. But my my attitude is, it was right that it stopped. But I will I reserve the right to still watch animals performing. (laughs) Ideally dressed past. up in human clothes from the past. In surgical, surgical wear. When it, when it was yeah. legal. I, I will still watch yeah. stuff from when it was legal. It's the same, it's the same I'm like with Michael Jackson. It's right that Michael yeah. Jackson is no longer operational, right? Yeah. Um, but I will never stop listening to Off the Wall and Thriller. Yeah. And to some extent, bad as well. Um, well so, yeah. I mean- you know, sue me. I, I said that my my threshold was the the um, the albums pre nonsing were, were fair game. Mm, so bad yeah, but how do you know? Well, how do you know when he's commenced nonsing? Like well, after bad, he was like, um, um, alle- I've done that now. I've I've conquered pop. Now I'm going to start fiddling with boys' willies instead. Well, I think I think I think post thriller was kind of when the accusations oh, and allegations com- began. Oh, how so. convenient for you. Oh, just because you like bad. <laughs> You're like, no, it's actually okay. Um, he started, I've looked into it, and he yeah. only started nonsense pretty much the day after they completed recording Thriller, the greatest album of all time. He, he, start, he started halfway through, halfway through side two. 
Apparently, he was lining it up during side two, like he was grooming, but he hadn't actually committed any acts yet until yeah. after. It was after the they 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 mixed the master, didn't they? Him and Quincy Jones, yeah. and once mm. that was done, he went off and um, started meeting yeah. up with Macaulay Culkin at some, Neverland. Some some um, acetates were made. <laughs> yeah. And uh, after that, that's when he started inviting the kids around. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, we don't know it, when he started. But the thing is, I, I don't, I mean, I wouldn't say I don't care. I'm just not going to stop listening to it, ever. I'll never stop okay. listening to Thriller, even if, Alec, even if like, Cast Iron Evidence comes out yeah. that he was at it during, during Thriller, Thriller, during Off the Wall. I, I can't, you know, there are some albums, no. There are some mm. albums I could give up. I could give up I could give up bad if they really made me. I would miss some yeah, of the good I've songs on bad. it. Yeah. Oh, I, I still listen to bad songs, but I could just about. And there are other albums that I really love from other artists that I could, if I really had to on ethical grounds due to mm. allegations of sexual impropriety or any other sickening crime, then I would consider... But there are some that are outside of that and mm. like Thriller and, and Off the Wall are enshrined in I call my ring of steel, right? Yeah. Which means that whatever and allegations to come in against, there's about, let's say there's about a dozen albums inside that of all time. Right. And, and no way, no matter what people say, even if they go, like if someone turns around to me, right, and goes, listen, Sam, you know when Prince recorded Sign of the Times, he was not only a pedo, but he was also a terrorist and he was actually blowing up children's hospitals, right? Yeah. After abusing them sexually, right? And yeah. he was he was in league with Jimmy Savile and all this. I go, well, that's disgusting and I unequivocally condemn his actions. There is no way I'm going to stop listening to Sign of the Times. It's not going to happen. That's fair enough. You know, that's fair. Are there, are there, are there some within this Ring of Steel? Are there some albums by acts that the wider public do not know about that you've maybe picked up information during your time, e.g., as editor of Heat magazine? <laughs> when I was at Heat magazine, I was approached with a number of allegations about the conduct of. <clears throat> Simon and Garfunkel during the recording of their <laughs> seminal album Bridge Over Troubled Water. Oh, and... no, keyword here seminal. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I want to splash this on the cover. Ooh. And some of my writers were like, I don't think our readers are interested in Simon and Garfunkel. And I'm like, well, <laughs> fuck our readers. Fuck the readers. I'm the editor. And yeah. as far as I'm concerned, that's a seminal album. And these allegations... What does that word say on the back of my chair? Yes, <laughs> And if you look back, I actually did four or five different Simon and Garfunkel specials when I was at Heat. Uh, I remember the, there was the a 24-page pull-out, wasn't there? Yeah, there was a pull-out. Simon and Garfunkel summer special you did. <laughs> yeah, and you could, there was collectibles in it. Yeah. Um, we did a part works where you could... Every week, you got different yeah. like bits of plastic that you could super glue together into That's models right. of Simon and Garfunkel. Simon and Garfunkel. And Garfunkel's hair came separately, didn't it? it <laughs> yeah, clipped it did. In, clipped into his skull. Yeah, it clicked in. And uh, I thought it was great. Um, the public, I must admit, some of my bosses, <laughs> the publishers, did express a lot of concerns about the commercial viability. <laughs> but my attitude was, listen, you hired a maverick, right? Yeah. If you hire a maverick, don't be fucking surprised when he starts mavericking. Yeah. And <laughs> bombs go off. <laughs> yeah. I've got to say, as a side thing, if you ever if you're ever looking to watch documentary with someone who's incredibly earnest and up themselves, uh, Art Garfunkel is one of the kings of that kind of thing. Mate, isn't, <laughs> it's incredible. Isn't Paul Simon also a renowned cunt? I mean, I... I love Paul Simon. I absolutely love him. But mm. I've heard the odd thing that he might be a bit difficult. I mean, they hate each other, don't they, Simon and Garfunkel? Is that I right? I don't know. I think they, okay. they avoid each other, I think. <laughs> right. Um, I think they spend a lot of time uh, together. Hey, hey, do I hate Paul Simon? 
well, hate is a very strong word. I avoid him. We live nearby each other. Um, sometimes I will see him coming the other way and I will pretend that I've suddenly forgot something and I'll turn round and start walking back in the other direction. I'll make a really big show of it. Like I'll suddenly look at my phone as if like I've received an emergency text and I'll turn around. We both live in Beverly Hills, you know, and uh, and I'll see him coming up one of the hills, right? The, one of the Beverly Hills. And, yeah. uh, and I'll be walking down it and I'll say, oh, fuck. There is no way I can avoid. They're quite narrow pavements. There's no way I can pretend I haven't seen him. So what I do is I get out my phone, I look at it, and then I shout something like, oh, no, to make it look like... An important message. Oh, no, I've left the fucking iron on. The fucking utility room's aflame. And I turn round and I fucking run up the hill. Like and it. The, I don't know if you've ever been up in the Beverly Hills, but they are steep. But They're luckily, steep. luckily... I'm very rangy. I'm a rangy man. Unlike Paul. Like a gazelle. Un- unlike Paul, who's very squat. He's more like a fucking hamster. That's why it used <laughs> to work lot of, well. He's had problems with his knees as well over the years, which I, I thankfully <laughs> I haven't been cursed with that. And the, I'm, the, I'm the like a gazelle. Paul is, he's, got, he's got very short hamstrings. Very short. <laughs> and he was a martyr to them. Even back then in the 70s, when he should have been in his prime. Uh, because, of course, your hammies, they connect to everything, to your glutes, to your lower back, and it can cause you all sorts of trouble. It so also means penis. He's, he's not, it affected his penis throughout the 70s when he, when he should have been having the time of his life. I was. It should have been your penises. It should have been the fucking salad days for your penis. Golden years of the penis. Right? Salad days. And believe me, I actually, it got so wild in the 70s. At one point, I did fuck a salad in the middle of a fucking party thrown by Barbara Streisand. And it being that at the time it was, no one batted a fucking eyelid. But Paul wouldn't have been able to do that because his penis was rendered useless by his tight hamstrings. Plus but as well, he wouldn't, have been to, he wouldn't have been able to reach the table. No. Fuck con- it. He would, have so, had, he would have had a climb on the table, which would have been ridiculous. I run up the hill when I see him because I know, because I have uh, insider knowledge of his physiology, I know that Paul Simon cannot run up hills. Uh, it's very much like <laughs> if a bear chases you, same thing. Find a hill and run up it. Bear, bear's claws can't allow it to run up a hill. Same with Paul Simon. So if I see him <laughs> nowadays, I just get the phone out, shout, oh no, and I use my rangy frame to uh, bound back up Beverly Hills and leave him standing. And uh, as a result, I've barely had a conversation with the bloke in about two decades. So next, to answer your question, question do, do, do I hate him uh, in as much as how much can you hate someone who you refuse to acknowledge their existence? So there you go. <laughs> I never think of him. Even as I'm talking about him now, I don't. I can't picture his face, his little stupid face at all. Honestly, I could see that. I could see a face. I could see his hairdo, but where the where the eyes and that are, I just see like little dots, like or oh, a kid would draw or something. I can't, I can't envisage him. But there, I mean, like there was nothing behind the eyes, no soul, no spirit, nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, but Art Garfunkel in documentaries, especially when he's talking about Simon and Garfunkel, it's it's really entertaining. It's very good. Oh, I watch that. Um, I've never only seen any documentaries about them. There's um, a one called The Harmony Game. I've just looked it up, and it was uh, it was on BBC Four a while ago. It looks like it's on the YouTube's. Uh, yeah, The Harmony is, is. Game. Oh, and what's fresh? Somebody must have said somewhere along the line. When you go, with- yeah, I'm not going to just skip through it and just play bits because that's just silly. But uh, yeah, it's good. Have it's you seen this new two tone documentary yet, mate? No, I haven't yet. No, um, is it on streaming? Or I think is it... it's. I think it's out in cinemas, but it's also on the streaming already. I believe it's called yeah. Dance Party. Is that correct? Um, what's it called again? I can't remember. Dance Craze. That's it. That's it. Funny name for it, isn't it? Well, I mean, it was a kind of a dance craze at the uh, time. No, wasn't but, it? You everyone know, liked, well, everyone enjoyed dancing to the. Uh, to the music of the two tourners. Yeah, I'm they just do. Trying to find out if it's no, that's coming out on DVD, I think, and it's in the cinemas. Yeah. I was looking. I saw yeah. that, and then I went down a rabbit hole because I, I looked it up, 
on the stream. I think it was Netflix. And then I, it said, you may also like. So I started looking at all the other music documentaries I've had. And some of them aren't so good. Like you're lured in because you like the artist, but then it's mm. quite cheap and there's no original interviews. And there's just like, there'll always be like someone like that. What's he called? <laughs> uh, J. Thomas Badgerelli or whatever. <laughs> you know, one of those like right. Hollywood reporters. I would tell you his name. He's really funny. Uh, Michael Jackson biographer. He's also oh, done Madonna. No, 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 that's not his real name. I've got it wrong, so I always get oh, names right. wrong, don't I? Um, in fact, I've got a funny Part story of your about charm. that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. I said today, we were talking about, we were, I was in the car with my wife, and I was like, do you remember that uh, Indian restaurant that used to be up here that we used to like? And I said, it, I think it was called the Black Cauldron. <laughs> and she went, what? No, I don't remember that. I said, yeah, yeah, it was there for years. It always won awards and stuff. It was quite little and scruffy. And she was like, what? And it was Indian. I said, yeah, 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 it was Indian. But it was like a particular type of Indian cuisine. I'm pretty sure it's called the Black Cauldron. And she was like, mate, do you mean Margoa? And I was like, that's it. Margoa. Oh, you were close. And she was like, yeah, I knew you meant that. And I said, why do you think I called it um, the Black Cauldron? <laughs> she just went, because you're Sam. You're the bloke who once insisted that the password at the hotel we were staying at was Uncle Harrington. <laughs> do you remember that? Do you remember yeah. Uncle Harrington? <laughs> Where did I get that one from? Another one to add to it. The Black Cauldron. It was called Margoa. What the fuck's would, going who on? Would set that, who would set that as a password? What should I make the password? Oh, I don't know. Something easy to remember, like uh, Uncle Harrington. That'll do. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's pretty easy to guess for the hackers, isn't it? <laughs> it's the first thing they'll try. <laughs> the first thing they'll do, yeah. They'll try either password, if not one, two, three, four, five, if not Uncle Harrington. <laughs> That's what I always try now. <laughs> I was talking about uh, J. Randy Taraborelli, who is the, familiar with, he's with the biographer of Michael Jackson. Um, right. He wrote a sensational Michael Jackson book, which I read years ago, called The Magic and the Madness. Uh, right. Which has, so, and he sort of claims to be, um, yeah, he's known, my, I knew Michael since we were children. Right. Oh, one of them. He's right. one of them. But he also, he's written... Also, uh, books about Madonna and Beyonce. I don't know if he fucking thinks he knows all of them. Right, but, yeah. But uh, anyway, The Magic and the Madness is an incredible book. And I've talked about some of my favourite anecdotes from it at length before in this podcast. So I won't go through them again. But um, it's, a, it's a great book. But he will always turn up on the cheaper end of the music documentaries. Sort yeah. of going... Yeah, yeah, and like then they'll have like three talking heads. There'll always be one who's like an an English woman who looks like a primary school teacher, but is written a like journalist. Yeah, and it just says journalist, <laughs> yeah. and she's written like twenty books about the artist you're watching. It could be anyone, yeah, but it's usually an American yeah. artist. She's going, yes, well, the thing about Cindy Lauper in this era was that she was really pushing boundaries artistically, and then you're like, fucking hell, this is just two people going on and on. So some of them are shit, but I was having a flick through and I saw one called Freak Scene, um, which is the Dinosaur Junior story. I think I mm. only know two songs by Dinosaur Junior, but I really like them both. And uh, of course, they have a special place in my heart because it reminded me when I saw it that I once told my cousin when I was bored on holiday yeah. that I had sung lead vocals on the song Freak Scene by Dinosaur Junior and that <laughs> it was in fact my band. It was uh, a group, wasn't it? Yeah. Because yeah. he was Italian, I thought he'd never be able to check this out because there wasn't the internet. So I thought, what's he going to do? Yeah. Fucking send off for a microfiche, right? He's not. They wouldn't have anything about pop music in Italian libraries in those days. They weren't interested. Do you know what I mean? No. He'd have had to have come to London and done a lot of microfiche. And I thought, he's never going to do it. Oh, but got he, a melody maker and asked them. He didn't believe me. And I... Anyway, the reason this has came up was I saw this freak scene and... So I thought, oh, that's nice. So I put is, on... Is the other Dinosaur Junior song that you like, Just Like Heaven, which isn't even their song? No, it's The Wagon. Oh, okay, yeah. That song, I've been, song, I put that on. I thought that was even better because 
it starts in a way that sorry this is not top flight tune machine and it we're not going to it can be whatever it wants to be. It starts Fine. in a very particular way, that song, which I think is quite unique. I can't think of many songs that start like it. It's a bit like a Beatles song. You know the way the Beatles so- the Beatles used to just start songs because they couldn't be fucked yeah. with intros? They go, yeah. go! Their yeah. attitude, they had a sort of a tell-me-it attitude towards songwriting because yeah. they couldn't stop fucking writing songs. Lennon and McCartney couldn't stop. And they thought, we can't fuck around. I've just got this song. Well, Let's just get straight it into it sort just of do thing. do it, yeah. And, the and radio bit. stations hate that, don't they? Because you've got to have an intro for the you DJ. You've got to have the DJ to be able to talk over it on the back <clears throat> yeah. timer. Um, well, little tip from my days on uh, BBC London, Spinning the Wheels of Steel. Okay. Uh, yeah. Best possible song if you want a nice uh, layup to the lyrics, give you plenty of time <laughs> to get out all the stuff you need to say about what's coming up on today's show. Important stuff. You know what it is? It's Tits and Fanny by it? David Bowie. It's a the DJ's yeah. friend. That song is the DJ's friend, right? Mm-hmm. There are other songs that have long intros, but the songs are too long. So even you do a fucking intro over it, right? And then the song starts, and then you're sat there for fucking seven minutes. That's no good for the radio. Tits and Fanny is the perfect length, and you could I've do almost Elton half John's. the song is is instrumental intro. You could do Elton John's song for Guy, which has only got a couple of lines in it, and they're near the end. You could talk oh, about yeah. two and a half, three minutes over the top of oh, that. I don't, I don't know that one. I'll check it out. So, Should BBC do, London do, ever do, invite do, me back? Do, 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 do. Hi, this is Sam Delaney on BBC London. Good morning, London. How are you doing? Oh, it's a great sunny day out there. And I've got some cracking guests coming up as well. We've got a guy coming on who's going to talk to us about the new Rootmaster buses that they're bringing back in the London Borough of Bromley. That's going to be interesting. We're also speaking to a man who says he knows the origin story of that bit of chewing gum that's stuck on the corner of Denmark Street and Charing Cross Road. But before all that, a little bit. here's Elton yeah. with that, Song for late. Guy. Too late. Did it. Fuck Perfect. It. Oh, yeah. I bust it. Right. Yeah, he went too far. Oh, fucking hell. Um, enjoyable. I enjoyed doing that. Yeah, I thought it worked quite well until I fucked it. Um, oh, well, I remember. A bit of public service information. Did you get around to watching any of that Britpop documentary that was on Channel 5? The four-parter series that they're doing? No. Well, it's, it's been over two weeks. It's pretty good. And then it's not on tonight, um, and I did a bit of digging, and they've just fucked it off because it's not getting any viewers. They've put episodes three and four out in the middle of the night this week. Fucking so hell. If you've, if you've been watching it and enjoyed it, which I have, I told you that I watched the first episode in the bath with a can. Lovely. For that so, kind to, of 1996 yeah, feeling. Euro yeah. 96 vibes, yeah. Of course, yeah. So if you, you've, <laughs> you've got to go on the My Five catch-up service, whatever it's called, and you'll find it there. So that's weird. You know what? Uh, it's a real shame that because I do think there's an audience for it, but maybe it's not Channel 5. And I've been thinking for a while that I would like to, in partnership with you, should you be willing, start mm. up a channel. Uh, we'll we'll right. acquire a, a license called Euro 96. <laughs> yeah. And okay. all it does is relive the spirit of the mid 90s mm. in televisual form. So sometimes yeah. if you're just filling gaps, you can just like run episodes of the fast show or mm-hmm. um shooting stars on then? this life this like this, this life you weren't a fan of this life i was a big I fan of this life, life. um not the x-files i'd only i'm sorry to be racist but i'd only want <laughs> british content <laughs> um i don't know what else was i can't remember yeah, I'm yeah not, I'm not, no, I'm the only not. thing from outside of the actual physical era that I would accept would be the that show that Terry Venables wrote. Was it Hazel? Hazel, yeah, yeah. of course. Which I think yeah, was from allowed. the from the seventies, but I think yeah. Venables Eltel was pretty much the king of that era, wasn't he? He presided yeah, yeah. over all yeah. of us and everything. Um, yeah. So I'd allow that. So, yeah, it's not a bad idea, and we could get hold of documentaries like that and all sorts. I think it would be good fun. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be up for that, yeah. Just mm. let me know what, what you need from me. I'll, I'll leave it to you to set it up, because yeah. I know that it'll get done. Welcome to um. Euro 96 TV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the uh, the Britpop thing, they've just fucked it off. Well, that's a real uh, shame. Well, I mean, you said you think there's an audience for it. I think there's an audience for it, but don't put it on Sunday night. Put it on Friday night. When everyone watches documentaries about music, 
that's that's part of the British fabric of life now. Yeah. We all get get a bit pissed and watch music documentaries on BBC Four or Sky Arts or whatever. Yeah. Stick it on then. That's Sunday night. Sunday that's night's not for that. meant to be on. Sunday night. They brought so back Challenge Annika as well on like Channel Five. Spitting image and yeah. the South Bank show. Jalapeño. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you wouldn't be hearing this brief but annoying message if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your tits. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Jalapeño. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jalapeño. You say they've brought back Challenge Annika? What? She's back? She's doing it on Channel 5 now, yeah. She's a fellow Barnes resident. I see her around Uh-oh. a little bit. Yeah. Right. Challenge yeah. Annika wasn't even the good one, though. Treasure Hunt was the good one. Yeah, Treasure Hunt was first, wasn't it? Challenge Annika is just like DIY SOS. It's just like do, you know, do you, doing house up. Do, someone reminded Fuck us that. recently of that show <laughs> that basically came in the wake of of Challenge Annika. And yeah. it had I can't oh and it had a bloke and he was scary and he wore a leather mac and he was he was Scottish and he was this I know this sounds like a dream but it's true right it was a geezer they they built they thought right fucking hell Challenge Annika is massive Treasure Hunt was massive what we yeah. know is what the British public are hungry for this wouldn't be Michael Grade at Channel Four the, the fucking British public want cunts in helicopters that's all they fucking want cunts and we've got to up the ante Annika was fine but she was too fucking nice and what we need now is a bit of fucking jeopardy and a bit of needle right and so they got this geezer I, can't, I want to say the Punisher but I don't think it was that but he basically right chased some poor cunts around civilians in a helicopter. <laughs> Seriously. This rings a bell, yeah. And they were they were this... going cross country through like the fields of Norfolk and he was after them and he was mental and it was always to me as a young man, it was unclear about what he was gonna do to them if he caught them. <laughs> did he always catch them or did he, he not acted, catch them all? He acted like he was gonna like give him a fucking kick. He was like a mad Scotsman, right? All unshaven. Yeah. He had a long leather Mac on and he had a catchphrase, right? And his catchphrase was, this will ring bells to you, right? His catchphrase was this. I like it. <laughs> Do you remember? No, I don't. I kind of did till you said that. Helicopter show, channel four, Scottish man, I like it. Let's see if that throws anything up. I've, I've, I've put I like it catchphrase in order to give me his Dick Emery. Saying, oh, you are awful, but I like you. I've got it's it. Everything all together. It was yeah. the interceptor. It was the, the fucking interceptor. interceptor. What a name for a show! Fucking <laughs> brilliant. Interceptor is a British game show created by Jacques Antoine, Jacques Jacques Pasquier, a man oh, of John Jacques Pasquier, and Malcolm Hayworth. Fucking hell, Malcolm Hayworth was the dreary one of that trio when they were out pulling the ladies. <laughs> this is Jacques Antoine. This is Jean-Jacques, and this is Malcolm. That's queer. I'm Malcolm, yes. I'm the, uh, I'm I'm the designated driver tonight. Yeah, I, I look after the finances. It was produced by Chatsworth in association with Thames, shown on ITV. Oh, it was ITV. Um, oh, it was hosted by Annabelle Croft, who took over from yeah. 
uh, Annika Rice on Treasure Hunt. It was made in between wow. Treasure Hunt and the Crystal Maze. Game shows from the same production company. The show was hosted by Annabelle Croft. The eponymous Interceptor was played by actor Sean O'Kane. Right. Yeah, uh, I can't be bothered going through the format because it's really long. Uh, oh, uh, it's complicated, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's really long. But that, each contestant would be given a locked backpack. One would contain a £1,000 in cash. The other containing nothing but weights. <laughs> Imagine them coming up with this idea. They must have been coked off their nut, old Jacques and Jean. Malcolm, get in here and write this down. As <laughs> they like hoover up and I'm like, Malcolm. <laughs> yes. Come in and write it down. We will not write it. You are the writer. Why can't Come. you write it? Why I can't don't you write. write it? I'm going through your receipts and some of them. I do- am French. Some of them look very iffy indeed. How can anyone spend £2,000 on lunch? Because... Your English is better than mine. Write this down. Because, Malcolm, we need fine wine in order to function properly in our creative role. Do not question ever again my lunch expenses. My my expenses to dejeuner. Now listen, you cunt. Write this down. We have two fucking contestants. One has a £1,000 sterling. In his rock sack. The other one has just weights. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> what? To what ends? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we it have not like finished. The interceptor's got, got to find them both and zap their backpacks. <laughs> if he doesn't, they get to share what's in the in the, the one with the money in. We have a man. He is, how you say, Escossier. Escossier. Scottish, yes. He's in the helicopter, of course. All of our shows must feature the helicopter. Yes, very well. Helicopter, yes. He is insane. <laughs> he is insane. Now, write this down. It is very important that he has uh, lots of, how you say, the stubble. And I picture <laughs> him in a long leather mac, much like that worn by Gestapo officers in the war. Okay, yes, I'll make a note <laughs> I, of that. I, I won't put Gestapo if that's all right. <laughs> okay, but listen. I know what you mean. I have very specific ideas about this Mac. I will draw one for you. Very well. Now, yeah. He, when he catches the people, he must zap them. Write it down. Zap them. <laughs> well, what do you we'll mean by zap? Capitals. What do you mean he will zap them? How will that actually manifest itself? It doesn't mean With anything to zap. We will get him a zapper. We will build it if we have. ITV will give us the money. We are. We write our own fucking checks now. Believe me, we have had hit after hit after hit. We have the Midas touch. If we want to build zaps, we will get the zaps from my TV. You write it down, you dreary little English cunt. <laughs> Although not declared in the program, the interceptor was only allowed a maximum of twenty zaps per show. <laughs> and had a digital only readout on his laser projector. Zap. One zap only. I'll find out zaps. No, no. <laughs> there must be a zap limit. <laughs> Fucking hell. Get to the bit about his catchphrase, mate. You must be able to see it because it's written in capital letters. The task was simple oh. enough, except for some obstructions placed is. in their way. Principal on these oh. was the titular interceptor, a tall man dressed in black. Armed with it's an really infrared well projector mounted on his left forearm. <laughs> I'm not joking. They were definitely on coke. This is what happens. They've had two hits, were. right? They've invented Treasure Hunt. No, three hits. They've done Treasure Hunt. They've done Challenge Annika, right? Then they've done the fucking Crystal Maze, which in itself was a fucking mental concept that somehow has taken off and proved a huge hit. Yeah. By this stage, they're like, literally, anything we come up with is hubris. Anything we come this, up this with, is the, the, the public is the, will love. This is the double album, the this concept is the du- album. This is the this concept is, album. Yeah, yeah. And they've, got a, they've, got a, they've hired an actor and they've given him a laser arm. Like, this literally. is a way, this is be here now, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, this is Rolls Royce in the swimming pool time, right? Yeah. They're like, he's got a fucking infrared projector mounted on his left forearm, the technology for which was produced from the British Army. Well, these zappers, we're not getting very far with them at the moment. The props department, the props department, you fool. We are not dealing at that level. You must go you to the props. British armies themselves. We will this pay is technology. Them. This is new technology that has not existed before. 
he must mount it on his arm. Oh, hang on, you didn't mention that it was arm mounted. Of course it is. Malcolm, you small-minded, unambitious little cunt. You are such a... This is why you are you a are... nation of shopkeepers. bears. You wanted you to carry around this zapper? Like a little boy in a playground? <laughs> you are the sort of men... You English, who your, your highlight of your week is some dried roast beef with a little bit of gravy as a treat. You pathetic <laughs> people. We are la- you, are a f- you are devoid of all joy and imagination. <laughs> of course you mount the infrared zapper on his fucking forearm. He will be needing to clamber about and go up and down ladders and in and out of windows. He cannot carry a zapper and do that. <laughs> and what not? And this and that. Right. Mounted on his left forearm and possessed of an intimidating fish eagle screech. <laughs> What's a fish eagle screech? What? What is that? Fuck me. Who's written this? And possessed of an intimidating <laughs> fish eagle screech. And a catch okay. and a catchphrase. I like it. Whenever he spotted a contestant from his helicopter. <laughs> 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 or if he won at the end of an episode. His role was to pursue the contestants and to the accompaniment of post-production sound effects. We would put it on in (laughs) post-production. Zap the receptors on their backpacks, causing the locks to jam. Thus, if the contestant carrying the money is zapped, neither contestant wins. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Brilliant. Uh, You can look it up and there'll be a video on on it. Literally, this actor is leaning out of his helicopter with this gun on his arm, shouting, I like it. But what we don't know, wow. and we must discover in time for the next episode, is what exactly the fish eagle screech was. Is that yeah, a reference to yeah. his voice, or did he actually have some sort of animal that well, was a combination of a fish and an eagle? It appears that all eight episodes are on YouTube, so it might be diveable. It's going to be either that or Mr. Smith, the orangutan. Well, we, we could have both. Or both. Of course we could have both. There's no rush. Uh, Sean O'Kane wow. is still alive. Uh, according to Wikipedia, he grew up in Cam- Camberslang near Glasgow in a family yeah. with 12 siblings. Well, what's that going to do to your nut, mate? Eh? No it's wonder he up. had a bit of edge to him because it's, he can't, it's going to have, it's going to take its toll in it emotionally and psychologically being one of 12. He was Crazy interested. attention, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. He was interested in acting as a child. Then at the age of 19, after a, spin, a stint in the <clears throat> Territorial Army, oh, alarm bells, anyone who joins the <laughs> Territorial Army, O'Kane left I the think. country. He took on stunt work, legend, modelling and acting in student films and arrived in Hollywood in the early 80s. His first journey. role was as a precinct cop, Detective McKenzie on Cagney and Lacey. When oh, the cast and crew discovered line. his young age and the fact that he lived in the parking lot in a truck. <laughs> <laughs> fucking legend. <laughs> they took him under their wings and O'Kane appeared oh. in several episodes over three years. Although, having a thick Glasgow accent impeded his chances of speaking on the show. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't he just learn to do American? After laying down the know. prime of Miss Jean Brodie on tape. Do you think he's written this himself? He's yeah. this himself, you know. Hey, well, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't do the American, and they're very prejudiced <laughs> in Hollywood back then. I said, "Give us a chance. It's not beyond the realms of possibility that there'd be a Glaswegian in the precinct at Cagney and Lacey." But they say, "No way, Shawnee. We like you, but you can't have a speaking part." <laughs> There's an incredible line coming up. Do you want to keep going? <laughs> uh, okay, he left the show. Oh, wait, hang on, no. He laid it down on tape at the request of Tyne Daly. In return, she encouraged the young actor to learn more accents to broaden his talents. That's what I said. He left the show at Christmas 1985 after being scouted by LA models who sent him to Europe. And for the next three years, he travelled the world non-stop modelling. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'll tell you what. Non-stop. I'm fucking... Hi, Mum. Yeah, I'm checking in. No, I won't be over at Christmas this year. No, I've been non-stop modelling. And no, I mean literally non-stop. I'm modelling now while I'm on the phone to you. I'm fucking modelling right now. Right the new. I I get about four hours sleep a night and the rest of the time, it's modelling. And I tell you what, sometimes these French cunts are mad. Even when I'm asleep, they'll take pictures of me like, like I'm sleep modelling. 
I'll be modelling pyjamas. <laughs> uh, Kane landed his first leading role in the British TV game show Interceptor. He went there on to co-star in, uh, in films such as Magic Island, 1995. That sounds good. Stone Soup, mm. 1993. Also course, sounds Stone good. Soup, yeah. And TV's Dream Team. Sharp's oh, yeah. Justice. Was that the one that oh, yeah. had uh, Sean Bean in it? Sharp. It was, yeah. Ah, but I'm going to fuck thee, my lady. And, <laughs> and Taggart, <laughs> as well as numerous voiceovers on films such as Million Dollar Baby, Patriot Games, and Blown Away. He has his own website. Alert. He does. Let's click alert. on it. He has his own website. Oh, it's from 1999. Fucking hell. It's a website <laughs> created on the first day of the internet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got Hamilton, though. Oh, He's a handsome chap, isn't he? He is. He is. I, oh, I recognise like him it. now when I see him. And yeah. he's got a touch of the Jake Humphreys about him because he's yeah. got a quote on his website, right? And it goes like, he's got a short biography, which I won't bother you with. And then at the end, he's just done a quote in bold, right, to inspire any visitors to his site that says, set a goal for yourself. Believe in it. <laughs> Get a hold of it. And don't let go of those horns. <laughs> when did horns come into it? Until you can calm that bull down. Wow. The latest... Sorry, the latest news snippet on his site from 2014. Mm. Sean has a new agent in the UK, yeah. Prenell Casting, and there's the address, and it's in Sunderland. Fucking hell. I've just, I've just Googled it, and it's mm. just a, a regular three-bedroom semi-detached house in the middle of... The suburbs of Sunderland. Do you know it's not it, even an office or anything? Do you, you recognise the address? I don't recognise. I recognise the address. It's in Fulwell. Mm. Uh, but I don't recognise the name of the person. Barbara at Prenell Casting. Well, that was, but that was that was nine years ago. A I, lot could have happened since I'd then. I'd love sure, to, Barbara. I mean, we haven't done a, a Human of Honour for a couple of years now, but Sean O'Kane yeah. would be certainly an interesting person to chat to. Uh, let's just read that quote one more time without the accent so it can come across clear. This is 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 a very brief website. There's not much content on it, and so to put one quote on there that takes up quite a large amount of the screen, you'd you'd have thought long and hard about this. And this is his, this is it. Set a goal for yourself. Believe in it. Get a hold of it, and don't let go of those horns until you can calm that bull down. What? I think it's a good quote, first of all. I, I see where he's coming from, and, it, and it's nice. Yeah. But it's the way that he introduces the metaphor in the latter part of the quote that, that confuses me. Because yeah. when you use a metaphor, not to be English teacher about it, I prefer it if you, if you introduce it early. Do you know what I mean? Because I'm yeah, reading this, yeah, and I'm into it, and then all of a sudden he starts mentioning horns, and I go, what? Where's this going? And then only at the end does he say it's a bull. That's why I was talking mm. about horns. It's a, I'm talking about a bull. So picture your goal right. as a bull. Yeah, it's confusing, I might, but I like it, and it uh, is very, it's it's very Humphreys esque, isn't it? Yeah, I I don't have an agent. I might go around and just knock on that door. Well, I was thinking that, that now you're in the acting game, it would yeah, be quite good for you to be registered with a casting agent. Could well be, couldn't it? Yeah. And she 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 or he would be convenient at least. Yeah. Yeah, that, you wouldn't that have to like very, go um, go all the way down to London happen. for for yeah. like meetings and whatnot. I had no idea there were agents around here. That's brilliant. Uh-huh. Um. So <laughs> that's Sean O'Kane. There was something else I wanted to investigate about Sean O'Kane. Oh yeah. Oh no. Just you know, Jake Humphreys has been at it again. You know that, right? Oh, yes, yeah. massively. Yeah, I saw it. It was one of those I get up at five a.m. posts, yeah. wasn't it? And so attack the deer. The oh, obvious shit. thing to troll him with. Not that we'd want to troll him, but the obvious response would be to write your own plan for the day and make it all really mm. shit in comparison. Like, you know, I wait, wake up at midday, have a wank. Have a wank. And then eat a Terry's, fr- eat a Fry's fucking Turkish delight Turkish in bed. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> have another wank. <laughs> yeah. I always... It's possible. I always keep a stash... A fries Turkish Delight by my bedside table. So I'm, they're accessible to me in the night if I wake up feeling anxious, which I do very regularly. <laughs> and I find that if I can quickly, without any hesitation, I actually half unwrap them before bed 
so in the night I don't have to fiddle around. I can sort of just squeeze one end of the trademark pink foil wrapper and it sort of shoots out straight into my mouth. And sometimes I'll fall back to sleep because it's sort of just the, the taste of it is comforting. And when I fall to sleep, it sort of gently melts in my mouth slowly. Instant access. It decomposes as I sleep. And when I wake up in the morning, it's gone. But there is still that taste of Eastern promise in there, just around my jowls. <laughs> that would be the obvious thing. But in a way, what I want to do is yeah. I want to try to make... I want to try and... We could push him and start... We just take what he says and we make everything mm. just that little bit better, just to drive him around the bend. Do you remember right. Do you remember that episode of Blackadder the Third? I think it was, yeah, Blackadder the Third, the one when Hugh Laurie plays the Prince Regent... And there's mm-hmm. a great episode where Robbie Coltrane plays, uh, what's his name? Dr. Do- jo- Johnson. Dr. Johnson, who's yeah. written the first dictionary. <laughs> and Blackadder trolls him by constantly throwing in made-up words. <laughs> it's the best episode. It's the best episode of that series. Because yeah. Robbie Coltrane is so funny in it because he's fucking fuming. And he walks yeah. in and Blackadder goes to him, may I offer my contrafibularities to you, Dr. Johnson? He goes, what did you say? Contrafibularities. Have you not heard it before? It's, it's of common usage round our way. And he's like, ah! And he's throwing his notes everywhere. And I think we could do a similar thing on Jake Humphrey. Maybe say that we get yeah. up at 4 a.m. And, mm. you know, and take it from there. And then he'll be yeah. forced to start we, getting up at 3 a.m. We don't have to do it. Are we going it. to engage with him on this? No, no, are we gonna... no, no. But we could just put That's it out okay, there, then. yeah. I think our best victory against Jake Humphrey would be to successfully launch your Euro 96 channel, to be honest. <laughs> that would yeah. be uh, cream on the cake. I tell you, I mean, it's sort of half a joke and... But if there was a channel called Euro 96 that just really was extremely niche and just put out shows between, you'd probably say, right, the date of the release of the first Oasis album, right? Mm. And there's some debate over when the Euro 96 era ended. It's either the release of Be Here Now or the release of OK Computer by Radiohead. Some people say yeah, it was that, don't 97 they? 97 sometimes. But yeah. it's 97. That's when I started work. Everything was started. It wasn't as much fun. The party was over, right? Yeah. Apart from Round My Dad's. It'll be on that Britpop Years documentary. It'll uh, tell you on that. Apart, apart from Round My Dad's, because that was when he was first got his uh, Macarena Monkey, I think, was in and 97. So, yeah, he, were, he kept it going. In their pomp. He kept yeah. the dream alive. I'm keeping the fucking dream alive, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this macarena monkey. You know who it reminds me of? That fucking Mr. Smith. You remember the cunt? <laughs> that intelligent fucking orangutan. Best show ever. It's a brain surgery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, honestly, a show like that, if you just had like reruns of classic shows from that era, plus loads and loads of documentaries, and then maybe yeah. sometimes, mate, in, because if we were struggling for ads in the early days, which we probably would be, and you had like be. just a gap to fill, just put a video on. Just put a video of a like a, a, a classic, yeah. a pop video from it's the era, the verve, or like yeah. uh, Republica. It's a da ba da ba da da ba da ba da ba ba. Baby, I'm ready Baby, to go. Baby, I'm ready to go. Well, Sunderland used to run out of that when the stadium was really? opened, and we still do. We reverted back to it a couple of That's years good. ago. It's a good one to run out to. It's a great song to run out yeah. to, yeah. Um, all right, we've got back to Mr. Smith there. I think we've come full circle, so we'll leave it there. We've done it. That's, um, that's pure codding. Any young kids listening, right? That's how you, you do it. You can learn from yeah. this, yeah. <laughs> uh, Prediction League, uh, results board got one, you got two, and I got seven. Woo! Fuck off. Seven from international yeah. fixture predictions. Yeah. Wow. I got Andorra nil, Romania two. That's an incredible and prediction. That's a that's a contender for prediction of the season. <laughs> Could be, couldn't it? Yeah. yeah. Fourth for that. Send your postcards in. And Croatia one, Wales one. Got that one as well. Oh, listen, that so, re- that reminds me just briefly for anyone who's a member of IFS Turbo. We have now launched Golden mm. Snack. The response. Yeah. I only launched it this morning. Then if you've had a look, Andy, the response has been really pleasing. There's a lot of okay. interesting snack suggestions on there. And yeah. I'll be publishing the, uh, I guess, I don't know whether to do it a group. We'll have comfortably 32, probably more. Yeah. 
but I don't. You can't make the tournament too big, so I'll filter it out because some of the ones are stupid, right? And yeah, I saw your rules. I was impressed by your rules. Yeah, well, that for you submissions. Know what? Your voice was, was in my head when I created those rules. So <laughs> don't say like I never it, learned yeah. from you because I would. I would. I was. That was. Da- that was Dawson Logistics. Like it does seep in Dawson. a little bit. I channeled Dawson. I thought yeah. I better set some rules because if not, this will become a ball lake, right? So they yeah. stuck largely to the rules, although some people are just stupid and just like write loads of snacks. That they're like, crisp, peanut, bread, bread and butter, cheese, sausages, sweeties. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. That's enough now, right? But uh, we are pro- I don't know whether I'm bothered doing group stage or just straight into knockouts 32. If I do that, I'd have to seed them because you don't want peanuts, meat and crisps in the first round, do you? But I don't know. Yeah, I guess you need to seed them. Yeah, you can't just have a draw out of the hat like the FA Cup. No, because... Exciting you, as though that is. You don't want, like, jam yeah. on toast versus, like, a bit of cheese in the first knockout yeah. game, do you? Because, like, no, that's a worthy no. semi. One of those going to go. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. I'll leave it to you. Okay. I'll leave it to you. But See anyway, on the good turbo. time to upgrade or subscribe to IFS Turbo because this is going to be a couple of weeks of fucking red-hot content in which Absolute we try joy. to find out the best snack. And we're doing uh, a live video stream tomorrow night that we do once a month as well. So, Oh, and if you want, yeah, you can bring... You, um, you know sometimes we do a show-and-tell. Bring a snack. Mm. If you've got a signature snack, like a couple of people have come up with things... Because you can nominate just a snack and you can say, dry roasted yeah. peanuts, fine. Or you can tell us one of your, your personal <clears throat> signature snack. And actually, I was right. thinking if you get to the semis and there's any of those in there, then I would encourage a taste test and people to actually okay. produce a photo, right? Um, but tomorrow right. night, just for a bit of fun, uh, feel free to bring a signature snack. Like one person has... Well, are we going to get them to come on and show us them? Yeah, they can if they want. Okay, well, they'll have well, to email then. Was it Top Flight Time Machine at gmail.com? We have people come on sometimes, don't we, and, t- and show us yeah, things. Yeah, but we have, to, we have to get their email address first. We have to plan it in advance. You can't just, like... Do you, do you remember that bloke who had a round window, for instance? He was good. Yeah, that was his best bit, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's my best, bit ever. Else, but my best bit ever on a live stream was the guy with the round window. Round window. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, we've, we've got over 50 minutes again. Okay, all so, right. So, I mean, that's nice for some people. Um... <laughs> Yeah, but it, uh, the live video stream is Monday night, in case you're listening to this on Monday, because mm. like I said tomorrow night. It's Monday night, 7.30pm, uh, clashing with Coronation Street, I think, but fuck it. Um, yeah. All right, then. Thanks for listening, everybody. And goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.